Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast to communicate the stories of the people and practices from far-flung ranches and dairies throughout the state to better connect them with the customers they serve. I said it before, but the similarities between dairies and ranches pretty much stop them both having cows. Both have storied and unique lineages in California, and both industries are often run by multi-generational owners. Many of the ranches I visited originated as dairies, and due to the marketplace or environmental considerations, changed operations from producing milk to beef. I also think the prevailing assumptions about how both ranches and dairies operate may be inaccurate. A year ago, if you were to ask me about dairy operations, I would say, well, you know, the cows eat grass and then they make milk. I knew it wasn't like a stool and bucket kind of situation, but was surprised about the pains taken to increase efficiency and attention to each individual animal's welfare. I was ignorant to the complexity of their formulated diets, the incredible regimented pace of operations, and the fact that the cows don't moo. It's not that they can't moo, they just don't. Their silence is indicative of their contentment. A big hurdle about better understanding animal agriculture is anthropomorphization. That's where humans assign human feelings to objects or animals. One of the most fascinating parts of my tour of Ribeiro is that operations are tuned first to cow comfort. Tyler Ribeiro employs some impressive technologies to ensure cow health and comfort and is about to introduce some more. In this episode, we visit Ribeiro Dairy in Tulare, where we geek out on dairy technology. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. My name is Tyler Ribeiro. I am the fourth generation dairy farmer uh, on our farm here in Tulare, California. I actually started back with my great-grandfather. Some reason, after immigrating all the way from the Azor Islands, he ended up with cows, and he liked cows. And from there on out, I mean, it was one thing that got passed down from generation to generation. And it wasn't just the cows. It was the love of doing it as well. And therefore, we've been doing it ever since. I always say he could have done anything. Really, he really could have done anything. I don't know why cows, (laughs) but here we are. And I'm glad he did because it really fits where our mindset is and our passion. And they were always dairy cows? Yeah, they were always dairy cows. Not like today where you see beef on dairy and you see an integration of different things. But before, dairy was dairy and milk was milk. So it's exciting to see how far we've come. Um, Can you walk me just through what a typical day looks like for you? Typical schedule for me is completely different every single day. (laughs) And that's probably why I like it so much because I'm incredibly ADD. So everything has to be changing. The way I work and and many other people in the dairy work is you're not by the hour, you're by the task. You know, so when you're running a dairy, it's, it it might be you're waking up at 3 a.m. It might be that you're getting to bed at 5 a.m. For instance, you know, like this past week, I was up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning because I knew we were hauling compost out because we had wheat coming in. Uh, First thing in the morning, I know we've got guys that are going to be checking fresh cows and and making sure the herd health is where it's supposed to be. And then from there on out, it's cleaning. Cleaning is next to godliness, and, and that's where we try to keep everything where it's supposed to be. That way these cows have the healthiest and happiest environment that we could provide. The theme that we're kind of covering today is that to achieve those things over time, there's been different kinds of technologies that you guys impart into your operations. I wanted to start talking about feed and, and what these animals eat. I would assume that most people might think, um, you know, the cows are, they eat grass 
and then and then you bring them in and then you, you milk them you know that's probably one of the most exciting stories is where we started and where we are now as we get to know the cow and who she is and all the things that she needs to do what she does uh, we figured out that cows are an amazing animal that can turn so many different products into milk and do it with ease right we're not we're not pushing cows to create milk we are supplying that cow with what they want and that byproduct is milk from that happy healthy cow uh, before of course you know it was just grass because that's all that we had at our disposal now these cows are eating all sorts of stuff and thank god we're in california and i and I, I, I don't say that very often but this hmm. is one of those instances where it's really neat that we've got things like almond holes uh, we got things like uh, cotton seed. We've got things like citrus. You got your orange and your lemons and those kind of things where when you look at it by itself, you wouldn't want to eat it and neither would they. But once you formulate their nutritional needs into a, a ration, into a diet, all these different byproducts have an amazing segment in that ration, in that diet and supply a certain nutritional value that these cows want, not just need, but they, they want it. They want to, they want to fulfill those needs. And that's where I think we see a, a really cool circle of sustainability when we start talking about these feed products. If I was doing a dinner party for some people and I was doing a recipe that needed, you know, 10 ingredients and say one or two of the people maybe ate something different, like the case is here is there's different diets for different cows. How is it possible for you to mix all of this stuff? And there's a lot of it and get it out to the animals like in an efficient way? Like what is the process? Part of it is relying largely on technology, relying equally uh, largely on the people that are doing it. And the rest of it is human error, <laughs> you know, trial and error. So when we go to formulate these rations, we're able to log all these in a computer, say this is the dietary values of these different ingredients. And this is what's needed for these different age groups. And if we mix product A and product B and product C, D, E, and F together, this will fulfill this need. And the beautiful thing about technology is that it shoots all that information out per head, out to the computer that's a quarter mile away, to a screen that'll help the feeders say, okay, look, the first thing on this ration is going to be alfalfa hay. So go ahead and get 2,000 pounds of alfalfa hay. They'll go get 2,000 pounds, and it'll have a countdown that measures it by weight. And when it gets down to zero, it goes, okay, that's enough of that one. Next product is maybe it's cotton seed or, or almond holes or something like that. And it'll be 3,000 pounds. They'll go over and get that. And it's just following what the computer says. It makes it really easy now. We've got a ginormous mixer, right? Ours isn't the biggest in the world, but it'll hold 20-some thousand pounds worth of feed. And, and from there on out, it's, it's delivery service. We were talking earlier about the fan system that you have. So like I said earlier, the byproduct of doing a great job is milk. And part of doing a great job is making sure that we are supplying the cows with what they need when they need it. Cow cooling is really, really top of mind, especially in the summer. A lot of things can go south if you don't have a handle on that that's why we've got fans and soakers but it's not relying those fans and soakers are not relying on us to get hot in order to flip a switch and turn it on those cows will get hot long before you do 
And sometimes we don't feel as hot or as cold as those animals will. So we've got uh, control modules that are set up inside all the milk barns, or inside the milk barns and the freestyle barns. They look at the temperature humidity index. And when it reaches a certain set point, the fans will kick on. The fans will be the first layer of defense. Cows start stressing about 60 degrees. So fans will kick on at 60 degrees. Then after that, if the fans can't take care of it, then the soakers will turn on. When you're in the milk barn, you don't always have cows in the milk barn. So we have infrared point-to-point lasers that if a cow isn't there underneath those soakers, those soakers aren't going to run. So we want to make sure that we're efficient with not only energy but water as well and not use a system that's not needed. This system is is pretty tricked out. So I, I can even look it up on the computer. I can see it on my phone. I can adjust it on my phone or see what's working and what's not. That's just a testament as to how far we've actually come. I always had this assumption, and I don't know if like, you know, the people who listen to this podcast have the, the same kind of assumption, but I didn't always think that the comfort and like the mental well-being of the cows was necessarily connected to production. Mm. Like I'm saying, there could be operations to where if they weren't concerned about the well-being of the cows and they could still get the same kind of yield. From what I've learned is that their comfort runs hand in hand with, with what they're able to produce. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely, absolutely correct. And you, you can parallel that to yourself too, right? Let's say, let's say you're up all night. Let's say all you ate was candy bars and Skittles. You're not gonna feel 100%, right? Your productivity, Maybe it's you at your job. Maybe it's a sporting event. You're not going to have that same, that same activity level. You're not going to have that same mental stability. These cows, they're athletes, and we got to treat them like that. So let's say you take an Olympic athlete, and you just feed them junk food all the time. They're probably, I would, I would bet the farm on it, they are not going to produce that same level of performance as somebody with their same skill level and same body condition that was getting treated the way an athlete should. Correct diets, the correct temperature environment. If you slept where it was, you know, 110 degrees all night, you're probably not going to feel fantastic in the morning. It goes back to that milk is a byproduct of happy, healthy cows. And the more you do on that front, that happiness, that healthiness, that well-being, the more efficient these cows are. Happy all the cows are just good business. I don't know how many cows were in that barn when we were by where the feed is and stuff, but you were like, just take a, like, listen for a second. Yeah. They're silent. I was like, I, I could, it might be good. We're doing a podcast about cows, get some mooing in there, but it's like, no, they're, no, they're not. Making no, it, it, it's Zen. I, when I'm stressed out, like I'm having a bad day or something, just walking through there and just, just listening. All you hear are the cows, you know, sticking their heads through the stanchions, you know, you hear a cow maybe moving around or something. There's not a lot of mooing going on. There's not, you don't hear any dogs, except for my yappy dog that might be in the back of the truck. There's nobody yelling. There's no whistling. It's peaceful. It's nice. I just want to ask about the NEDAP uh, technology and that you're, you're looking at or you're planning on adding it soon. Yeah. NEDAP is one one brand of activity monitors. There's a lot of different activity monitors out there and a lot of them do a really, really good job. Right now I might be hot and heavy on the NEDAP system. When I start studying something, I really get into it and I get into the weeds and that's probably why I don't have anything implemented right now. NEDAP, as as well as the other companies, 
they have what's called activity monitors that monitor rumination in the cow. So what we can do is not only monitor how much they're eating and the frequency that they're eating, but we can also predict when they're coming into heat. So we can breed off of those heats. But our breeder isn't just gonna go out there looking for heats now. He's gonna have a list that prints out and goes, these are the cows in these pens that you need to go breed. And he's gonna go out and confirm that they're in heat or not, and then he's gonna breed them. Instead of walking, you know, 1,500 cows looking for 20, you're gonna go out for those 20, and he knows it first thing in the morning which 20 it is. Now, with the NEDAP system, we take it one step forward. We do not have the opportunity to have a catch pin here. It's not gonna work. A catch pin would be um, when the cows come out of the milk barn, the collars will uh, set, the, set off a sort gate and move them into a pin that we can manage you know, and breed there or, or whatnot. We can't do that here. The way the barn is set up won't work. The NEDAP system has a cow locator. So now, not only does it show these are the cows you need, but it will actually show you where those cows are in the pen. So now it's not walking 200 animals to find the four cows, it's these are where the four cows are. Now, we're gonna take it one step further. Again, this is what really tricks me out about the NEDAP system, is in the next year or so, they're gonna have augmented reality glasses that, uh, that go along with this whole system. So now if I had, let's say we're doing the blood pregnancy test and I need somebody in front of the cow and somebody behind the cow. We pull the blood in the back, but the IDs are in the front. Well, I'm gonna put that list on the, the, the AR glasses. So now the list will show up, the guy's gonna wear the glasses, and when he looks across the pen, his cows are gonna light up. So now he's gonna walk to the cows that he needs He's gonna have the entire profile above the cow. He's gonna be able to get into their profile, see who they are, see what it is, and they can do everything from behind the cow by themselves. That saves up an entire person per task that can be dedicated to something else that we're behind on. So that's, we're getting close. We're getting real close to getting all that put in, but I'm, I'm crazy excited to see where that goes. If you're riding a back to the future on dairies, like what, what would be like the hoverboard invention? So right now I'm somewhat working with Laylee. You know, I've had some conversations with Laylee. Laylee is, is huge in the robotics. They have uh, the Juno that goes through and pushes feet in for you. And they have what's called a vector. And a vector goes through and it's actually a robot kitchen. So we went out and we saw the commodity barn. You go out in California, you'll see these big commodity barns with a guy with a big skip loader. Like I said previously, this is how we feed cows. Uh, numbers show up and it tells you the ingredient, you go get it, you put it in your mixer, the mixer mixes it, puts it in a feed truck, and the feed truck takes it and somebody drives that feed truck out and delivers the ration. Well, I had a conversation, I said, listen, I want the vector, I, I, want, I want a robot kitchen, but I want it California style. I want a California kitchen. I want to be able to feed a 20,000 pound load. Right now, I think, I think, I've been told, and I don't know, I need some confirmation yet, but they're working on a lot of that autonomous portion of it. I've got my own mixer. They've got this grabber that's on, on a rail system that'll go over your, your uh, commodity base, go down, grab what it, what's needed, it'll weigh it as it's picking it up so it gets just what it needs, take it over your mixer, dump it into your mixer, where your, your already stationary mixer is already paid for, 
It's got scales on it as well, so it's going to double check there. It'll go through and make it to make the entire ration, mix it up. And then, well, electric driven, autonomous vehicle that can go out and deliver a, a load to a pin and feed it out all in one shot instead of having to back up, go forward, back up, go forward, and be able to monitor those feed bunks every time it goes through. That's what I want to see. That would be, if I say back to the future hoverboard status, <laughs> that would be it. In the last 10 years, we have seen such a leap and bound when it comes to technology on the farm. From uh, GPS equipment to digesters, uh, to different sampling techniques, to different cow management techniques, the way we milk cows now. That's all been within the last decade that we've really seen a huge jump. And I always go back and I, I show my kids our phones, right? Flat screen, smart phone that we carry around in our pocket. We've got more in our pocket right now than we ever did at home in a computer when I was a kid. And these phones have gotten so much better just in the last 10 years. The dairies, the technology on the dairy has gotten so much better in the last 10 years, you may not see it, but can you imagine what the next 10 is gonna be? This, the last 10 years we've had so many cornerstone technologies be implemented and founded that they're jumping off points to what the future's gonna bring. And if there's anything that I, I, I would end with would be is just watch out. Watch out for the future because it's going to be amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. You know, let you get back to work. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me. Right. If you'd like to see photographs of our visit, including video of curious and silent dairy cows, visit www.calcattlecouncil.org. If you want a glimpse into our travels, we've also started an Instagram account at Cal Cattle Country. If there's something you'd like to hear from stories from California Cattle Country, you can contact me directly at ryan at calcattle.org or leave comments on our various social media posts. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>